Hey everyone, you're listening to the Jersey Church Podcast, where we give practical tips to equip people to care and connect others to Christ. Welcome everybody, Jersey Church Podcast. I am Matt and I'm here with my co-host Todd. Say hi, Todd. Hello, Reed. Good to be with you. It's not As always. I, that's not what I said to say. I said to say hi. Anyways, uh, we also have another guest with us today, uh, Tyler Morgan. Tyler Morgan is our student minister here at Jersey Church, uh, and he has been here. Tyler, how long have you been here? Seven years, eight years? I've been here since uh, fall 2013. All right, so I'll let the people do the math. Was that eight years? That's eight years then. Almost. Todd, I, Todd actually he hired me. wanted to hear you do the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, you're saying that you and Todd came on at the same time, though? Uh, Todd came on just before me, but he hired me. Oh, that's right. That's right. There so you go. You were so it's, his, it's his fault. It's his fault. Yeah. yeah. So we'll talk about that later, Todd. We can talk about that later. Um, no, but we have Tyler on today because we are doing a series on connecting during the pandemic. And uh, we were discussing how do you how do you connect with a teenager during the pandemic? And uh, now what's interesting is uh, we were talking about it, right, guys? And um, of my opinion, this was only the fifth episodes on the connecting with Christ during the pandemic. But apparently we've done nine. Uh, so I would just say it's only like five. So that's a good thing. Um, you know, they're so good that I feel like we only did five of them. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to talk about connecting with teens and uh, both for people, families who have teens, but also hopefully for just church members who uh, who can connect with teens and and help them then connect with Christ. So, uh, Todd, I will give you the honors of, of first question for Tyler. What is it? That is quite an honor. Thank you very much, Reed. I appreciate that. Uh, I would say, as we were thinking through this topic, um, obviously, Jewel and I have a, uh, well, two teens and uh, 120-something, uh, close to being two 20-somethings and one teen. So we've lived through this. We are living through this. But uh, we only have one example, you know, in our household. So we thought it would be good to have you on, Morgan, to talk a little bit about what people uh, can take away from your experience in working with teens in a much broader way than Julie and I, and just what you've, some things that might be helpful for our listening audience to know about just, you know, what, how teens have weathered the pandemic in general and, and just some different aspects about uh, what has been specific to them and what they've experienced over the past year or so. Yeah, as as you can imagine, it's uh, been incredibly difficult for them, like like for most people. Um, Gen Z, so you know, looking at maybe six year olds through uh, about twenty year olds, they're the most connected generation we've ever seen before, and their generation is not just connected in person, but it's also just um, digitally. You know, they are are constantly talking to their friends, constantly seeing what their friends are doing. And, um, and so there are some, some benefits to that, you know, from the time during COVID or, or quarantine. Um, but there's also just a lot of loneliness that they've experienced. Um, they, they can struggle uh, relationally, like in, in person. Um, and they have to have less and less of those opportunities um, because they, they know they, they need that, uh, even though they are connected all the time digitally. 
um, but they still just have, have really struggled uh, with those interactions in person. Uh, mental health is another struggle. You know, they struggle with anxiety and depression at much higher rates even before COVID. And that kind of really, um, you know, accelerated that um, and, and, and sped that up much more. And so, we, you know, we've seen a lot of teenagers who have either, you know, begin, ha- begin, ha- begin having to address those issues uh, through counseling or, or, or different things like that, um, you know, because of uh, just the struggle during, during COVID and quarantine. And then spiritually as well, uh, just the up and ups and downs during their time uh, in, in quarantine, you know, they would go through, you know, I can think of several students who went through seasons where, um, man, they felt really close to the Lord during quarantine, which is some of that extra time and we're using that wisely. But then, you know, fatigue sets in or, or, or different things like that, or just some other seasons as well. And there's a real, the real struggle there. And, um, you know, at this point, you know, they're, they're tired, they're, they're drained, they're, they're stressed. And, um, it has taken a toll on, and, you know, definitely on them, on them spiritually as well. Well, I love, I love what you say there because I feel like everything I'm reading, I mean, you've, you've read more than me, so I know you're right. Uh, I think the thing that fascinates me continually with this generation and what you just said is, is how connected we would say they are via social media, but at the same time, uh, they're the most depressed uh, generation we've seen yet. And I think with the, you know, like you said, the pandemic just has intensified that. And, and I, I just find that fascinating. And it's, it's almost like, um, uh, it's almost like there are two tensions that pull that yes, you see and know people. Well, you see them on social media and know them, but yet at the same time, you still feel that, that lack of encouragement from a physical relationship, like a, an actual being with somebody next to them. Um, and also somebody knowing you. You know, and uh, a lot of times I think that's what leads to the depression. I, I, I talked to a student last week who was telling me, like, he's, he said he said he's so lonely um, that, you know, one of his biggest struggles is you're going to bed at night and wondering if there's anyone just thinking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he is one of our, you know, just from the, from the surface and from what we see, is a student that's really connected and you feel like has a lot of, of good friendships. Um, they're, they're connected, but they're disconnected. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's good for parents to know, man. So. so now, so far, I think that that could leave us in a, a fairly, um, oh, less than desirable place to stay, you know, in terms of, okay, this is where they're at. What are some examples that you would say of, uh, of teens that have, like you said, I'm sure with ups and downs and, I don't know uh, any adults either that have weathered the entire pandemic uh, on cloud nine <laughs> as a whole. So not saying uh, 24, seven, seven days a week, uh, three, 365 days a year, but uh, those that have weathered the pandemic better than others, what have you noticed about their approach uh, as opposed to maybe some others that uh, have struggled more? Yeah. So I, there's just a lot of different, um, aspects to that for the students that have uh you know maybe thrived more more so than others um first of all they're just doing some simple things like just regular coping skills like they're they're getting in some exercise you know they're they're getting in some time with with friends 
um, they're they're definitely getting into uh, to God's word, and they're having some some deep relationships, whether it's it's RD or uh, they're really just really connected with with their grow group. Um, you know, they're making sure that they're uh, you know spending some quality time with their family, uh, having conversations with their with their parents. Uh, so it's really kind of just a lot of different things. So it's make sure they're spending some time outside, um, but just some real simple you know, kind of like just coping skills. Uh, they're, they're making sure that they're doing things like that. That's good to hear. Yeah. I know boy in our house, the nights that we have, all five of us have dinner together as opposed to nights when, uh, that isn't possible or we're not intentional and don't make it possible. I mean, there's a, there's a night and day difference and that might not be an extremely long dinner, but, uh, uh, but it is, I mean, Jill and I remark every time it does happen that uh, it's like, wow, that was so much better to interact and to share versus, uh, versus being more isolated. So, but, uh, so on the parent vein, Matt, you, you were talking about, uh, next question being in that, uh, along those lines. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I was, I think it fits perfect. One of the things that I just wanted to know is what are, what are some parents doing to help connect with their students? You know, what are some parents that you've seen are, man, these are some good things, but also in general, what are some things that parents can do to connect with their teens to help them through, you know, some of that anxiety, some of that, uh, depression, um, you help them you even grow spiritually, you know, and relationally during, you know, uh, a pandemic like this. Yeah. Just the relationship with them is huge. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, one of the, one of the best ways to build that relationship with them, uh, especially as they kind of try to distance themselves a little bit more as teenagers is to, um, to, to spend time either like learning about their interests. So, you know, finding some things that are their interests, learning about them, educating yourself, uh, a little bit on those things and trying to engage with them as they participate in or, uh, you know, have conversations with them about those interests. So one thing I like to talk about, you know, our teenage boys here, a lot of our students enjoy playing video games. Okay. Uh, you know, wide variety really? of video games. That is really a thing. I don't know if that's the case for your boys. Um, that is wow. All right. I don't know how many minutes or hours your boys spend uh playing playing oh, I'm, sure, yeah, I'm sure it's a little more along the minute line than the hour line i'm sure <laughs> yeah i'm sure i'm sure but uh one of the things i like to encourage parents to do is, is to play video games with their kids you don't you don't have to do it long uh you know so 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 todd what would it look like tonight if you went home and you play video games with your boys for a little bit i'm sure right, that's exactly right. when you want to hear right now if this was a if we were you know some people video their podcast you know so that people could see the behind the scenes and everything and stuff so if this were we are but we're not going to let this out uh the video portion of it but if uh if we were let's say i would just be with my head down rubbing my temples uh trying to wrap my mind around you know i've tried that but like for example some of our listeners enjoy this one um the kids will tease me unmercifully because I fell off the wagon with video games with uh, Mario Kart and Rainbow Road. You know, it's like just the concept of driving on a road without barriers, without guardrails, I could not comprehend. And so literally uh, little Mario there, I actually, I liked, uh, oh, 
Luigi was probably my favorite. And, uh, but Luigi would not last long on Rainbow Road. You know, I mean, literally seconds just because, and then they would make fun of me because I'm like, he goes too fast. I'm like, that's the whole point, dad, to go fast. I'm like, I know, but then I'm off into the, you know, into the Milky Way because I can't stay on the road. You needed to pick Donkey Kong because he's yeah. It's because you picked Luigi. A little bit slower. <laughs> but but here's the thing, Todd. With what you're talking about, they they still remember that. Mm-hmm. They do remember that, and, and they, still talk uh, about and they that. break it up pretty regularly. They do. So <laughs> you do have a point there. You do have. A and point. so you know something that that you know probably just drove you nuts, and you know you, you, you <laughs> probably frustrated you because you probably got pretty competitive. Uh, exactly. Yes. They they still remember that. And so just, just building that connection through, through things that they are interested in. And you know, maybe, maybe, you know, you, you are, are learning about um, just some different things of Gen Z culture, just some of the pop culture things. Uh, you engage them with conversations with the artists that they listen to. Um, you know, I, I know our students. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, the, ki- the, the kids, I'm going to have to, I'm going to let make them listen to this episode, but uh they, they want me to use this in a sermon whenever I preach the next time and everything. And uh, so I, I have learned a few words. And uh, one of them uh, currently that I have not been able to work into an adult conversation yet is no cap. But right now I know what I'm going to actually I'm going to test Reed to see if he knows what no <laughs> what no cap means, because I'm sure Morgan does. But I'm not yep. as sure about our next gen pastor. So, so. you want to know how you know you're old? Is when you start signing up for emails that send you uh, the the current the current like lingo of the generation. So I get emails with different words. I have not gotten that word yet. Um, the last one was uh, uh, well, the one I've learned most recent. It's been a minute. You know, everybody just started saying that, and uh, so I, I realized. And now I'm I'm I must be getting younger. I said that one, and then uh, that's fire. That was the newest one I heard. That's fire but I have no idea what you're talking about. And so, so a great way to learn about, about culture too, is to get emails from access.org yep. where they, they have a culture translator. They send you weekly uh, emails that help really keep you um, informed about culture. And with that, Tyler, do they, um, they can get that for free through us or they don't have to pay at all. Yeah. Yeah. They can get it through, through uh, for free through us. Yeah. So parents, if you're listening to this, um, contact Tyler, we'll get you set up because that's where I get my emails. And a lot of times when I do teaching, uh, I use their resources um, because they're just so good. So access.org. We'll put put the next episode show notes. And uh, so no cap means not true. So Morgan, can you teach me, me and read another one just while we're, you know, live here? Oh man. Okay. A real Um, term that I could go home tonight and use with my teens and they it may raise an eyebrow that uh that good old dad would know something along those lines man uh okay i know you, you put me you put me on the spot there. no this question was not on our outline i agree why morgan's why morgan's thinking of one i'm not gonna say one but this is this is where this is important um i was with a group of students last night and they used one that i didn't know what it was and it was kind of in a teasing mode and so i straight up asked them and they they looked at me and they're like uh and it was it was a it was borderline inappropriate and so we talked about that it's like okay like we're not going to say that in my in my grow group here guys and and obviously we 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 joked about it it was lighthearted but they 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 did stop using it. now if they listen to this podcast they might tease me and start using it again but um but but it is so when you're as a parent 
um, you know, understanding the words they're using so you can help them process, are those the best words to be using? I mean, we would go back in our age and it'd be the four letter words, right? Which they're still around, right? And you can help your kids process that. But with these, there's new ones meaning different things. And, and so it is important to be able to process that with them. It's incredibly important for parents to know some of these things because uh, oftentimes, you know, they could be just saying it because they know you don't know what it means. Exactly. And, and it probably would not be something you might not want to be said in your home. Yeah. Um, but if, if you don't know what they're saying, um, then, you know, that's, that's, that's big too. Um, just, you know, one, one a, a simple one uh, is CEO. They say that they're the CEO of something. That just means that there's something that they feel like they're really good at or they're, um, and they're kind of known uh, for. Learn so. Too. Todd, you're the, C, you're the CEO of RD. There you go. And so I'm using that one tonight. For sure. So, so go, going back one, one, one more step to, to just, you know, having those conversations relating, and this is a little bit different, you know, but Matt, you're, you're one of our upperclassmen grow group leaders. And I feel like you've done a really good job last two weeks specifically in engaging these students with where they're at. I don't know if you want to talk about what, what you <laughs> have done or um, just a way that has really uh, kind of helped these boards kind of connect uh, culture and, and scripture. Yeah, so I do. I uh, obviously I lead the young adult ministry, and the best way to connect with the college students come up is to lead a grow group in the student ministry. So I did something borderline. I told Tyler later that, yeah, you know, I I don't know. It, it's one of those where you make you make ministry decisions, and you're not sure if they're the right ones. But I think this one was in the moment. Um, so I asked I asked our group like, what do you, what music are you listening to? Well, this was two weeks ago. I asked them what music are they listening to. And they told me that uh, that Kanye West was by far their favorite uh, artist. Now, all I know about Kanye West is what I see in the news when he started to run for president and then he decided not to. Like, that's literally the only thing um, that. And then at some point he put out an album that people think he's a Christian because he put it out. But I never listened to anything else. Um, and so I had one of them text me his, his favorite three songs. And so. Uh, so he lists, I listened to it and then I texted kind of the group. I texted back just some of my thoughts on it. And one of my first one was, I don't understand what this guy's saying. Cause it's like, it's, it's not rap, but it's not fully hip hop. And I don't really listen to rap or hip hop. So, um, and they, they, they thought that was hilarious. Well, then the next week, um, I said, okay, we're going to, we're going to listen to a song here in Grow Group. And, uh, and I said, now this is not Jersey church, like saying this is great music. And, and I made him pick one that was, you know, fairly clean, which apparently for Kanye is very difficult. Um, and which I, I mean, so anyways, um, and we talked through it and we talked through, okay, so this guy seems to be saying, I want to be a Christian, but then he like promotes a lifestyle that is clearly outside of uh, of Christian standards, you know, like at one point he's talking about telling people about Jesus and how God is with them, but then he's talking about having um, cocaine in his trunk and selling it. And and I looked at I looked around the room. These are young guys. I said, has anybody ever met somebody who's strung out on drugs? Yeah, and they and a couple of them, you know, kind of nodded their heads. I was like, is it ever a pretty picture? Like, is is drugs ever good for somebody? And they're like, no. And, you know, and actually a couple of them shared stories of, of student of friends they had had who got on drugs and their life just went, you know, went crazy. And it was really sad. Um, and I said, so what we have here is an artist who is saying I'm selling these. So he's selling destruction, but yet he's claiming that God is still with him. You know, how is that? A, and, and what I did was I told uh, one of the kids, I let him pick the song. I said, you can pick the song, 
but you have to lead the Bible study afterwards. And, and he did, he led it and he answered questions and, you know, he asked questions and, and, and I pushed him pretty hard. And uh, in the sense of like, don't just give me the church answer, you know, tell me what this passage really means. And uh, I would say it was one of our better groups, but man, I was nervous the whole time. And I re kept reiterating, like, I am not saying we should listen to Kanye. I don't know. I don't think he's a, you know, putting out a good message in these, in most of his songs. I've not listened to all of them. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And so that seemed to really help them, um, in just our relationship. And I'm not saying obviously we do things just so that we can have, a, you know, we're not trying to be cool. We're not, but it did, um, I, it did help them kind of look at it and go, okay, Matt's willing to at least step into our world, even if he doesn't agree with it. Uh, I was very clear that, you know, I don't think listening to most of Kanye's music, again, I've not listened to all of it, but the three or four songs I've listened to now, I don't want to listen to ever again. I mean, it's just, it's, um, and so, and I've made that known, but, uh, but yeah, again, you're in church, you're wondering if that's the best place to do it, but it, uh, but I think it did help them kind of process. So. Helping these students that connect cult, culture in Christ. Yeah. Interesting. So along those lines, um, I think that's a, a good example of, Tyler, even for those that might not have teens in their home, you know, what would you say to a uh, question along the lines of, you know, how important it is for teens to have other adults investing in their lives? Obviously, you know, their immediate family is uh, uh, parents, grandparents of utmost importance outside of um, their, uh, the four walls of their home. Yeah, it's incredibly important. I mean, we all hear statistics about um, you know students who graduate from high school but then drop out of the church. Um, we have seen and, and read statistics from Fuller Youth Institute out in California that show that the students that tend to stick and stay in church have three adult relationships with people within the church that are not their parents. So three relationships, um, with, with adults, they feel like they can connect to, that they can go to, that they can have conversations, real, um, vulnerable, honest conversations with. Um, and so it's, it's incredibly important. And so we want our students to have those relationships uh, with, with leaders. And we want our leaders to know those statistics so that they can make sure that they're that one for, for several of our students. Mm. So well said. I, I, uh... I mean, I've seen that in our own kids' lives. And at times, they've had uh, more solid adult relationships in life the church than at other times. But, uh, but we can tell a, a distinct difference in those. And, you know, I, I try not to compliment Reed too much on the podcast because it just, jeez, uh, I never hear the end of it. And, uh, and his head barely fits in the Zoom little window here. There's only so much room in that window that you can see online here. And... Uh, but uh, but just the literally this just happened last night. And I walk up to Will's room and, and uh, check in how things are going and everything. And and uh, you know, and one of the first things he tells me, uh, yeah, Matt sent me a text about uh, the bonfire coming up. You know, and just reads diligence in periodically checking in with him, and has just uh, been a godsend. And it's something that uh, that he looks forward to and and so i think especially when there's a difference in generation or age i, I think adults can you know i mean as parents we can feel this way at times it's like you know well our last person our teenager wants to hear from is is uh you know another adult i mean they've got mom and dad they've got teachers they've got coaches 
uh, instructors. I mean, they don't need any other adults telling them what to do. And, and it's not about telling them what to do, but boy, for them to hear from another adult, maybe it's you, you see a teen serving or you uh, walk by a teen in the hallway or whatnot. Just, you know, uh, interacting as, as much as the, you know, the, the Lord allows, I think can only be helpful. Uh, in spurring on uh, relationships between uh, between the generations, and like you said, I mean, it's just of utmost importance. Yeah. Um, so my grandma um, was the chief of this, right? So even in her seventies and eighties, my grandma she had this forearm touch, right? She would see a, and she was like, you know, four foot nothing, but she'd see a teen. And she just put her hand on their forearm. You know, old ladies, you can't really tell them not to, right? Like that's, you know, they do what they want. And she would just say, thanks for being at church today. You know, good to see. And she'd ask them their name. Now she was good at remembering stuff like that too, like remembering names. So she could follow up. But I think, um, you know, if you're just at church, it doesn't matter the age. You see somebody walking through and you could you could just stop and say, hey, thanks for being here today. You know, thanks for showing up and maybe even ask him, you know, where you go to school? And, and, and obviously you don't... You, more than likely, it'll be a little weird at first. It's for you and the student because you know you're not used to talking. But, but man, when my grandma passed away, um, a lot of those students that weren't students anymore, you know, that have grown up, came to the funeral because you know she just she and she never necessarily went to their sports games or to their uh, recitals, but she was at church every week and she saw them and and she got to know. And again, smaller church, so it makes it a little bit easier. But when she would notice something, she'd just ask, hey, you don't look too happy today. Or, and it got to the point where people would just tell her, yeah, I'm not doing great. And then she'd just sit there and talk with them a little bit. But it all started with a, you know, the, a just a lightly putting your hand on their forearm saying, hey, you know, like, good to see you today. Um, and so, you know, somebody who doesn't have a team, that's, that's huge. That's a perfect example. All right, Morgan, this is the lightning round. Last question. So, and then I'm sure there's plenty of other resources. So if we run out of time and there are other resources the two of you are uh, thinking of mentioning, uh, we can certainly put those in the, the show notes as well. So, um, you know, one of the things that we would love to foster and, and have started doing, but would love to see uh, multiply more and more is discipleship happening more and more between the generations. So now granted, uh, if an existing relationship isn't there between a teen and a different adult, uh, it's going to be difficult to bridge that gap, uh, go from zero to 60 in uh, maybe a, a day or two. But uh, if someone would feel called as they're listening to this podcast to, uh, to disciple a teen or to build a relationship uh, to see if that, uh, with that end in mind, you know, where would somebody like that start? Yeah, so I, I would start by just looking around to see, okay, is there any um, relationships or connections that I have with, with teenagers just organically? Um, you know, some way, somehow, um, that might not be a possibility. They may not have any. Uh, but then looking at, okay, um, you know, from here, uh, just beginning that conversation with myself, with Matt, um, just being willing to say, hey, you know, this is something I, I want to do. Um, are there students who are looking uh, for for someone to to lead them in our NRD or to you know can I can I serve within student ministry? I was just talking to a student last night uh, who was telling me she's like I, I want to do RD. I just I just don't know who 
you know, who, who can lead a group right now. Um, you know, I don't know if we have any leaders that are available or if there's another adult in church that could, um, she's like, I'm kind of open to, uh, to, to who that might be. I don't really you know, have that, you know, that much of a preference. Um, and so there's students out there that are looking, there are students out there who are, are looking for, for someone who uh, wants to invest in them, you know, wants to show up uh, randomly in their life throughout the week, not just, you know, on, on Wednesday nights or, or Sunday mornings. Um, and so just, just engage, uh, you know, me in a conversation or, or Matt, and we'd love to get you connected. We'd love to maybe explore, um, you know, just some of your interests. We can maybe match up some students who have similar interests um, and, and we can go from there. Excellent. Well said. It's, it's been good. It's been very good. I mean, Reed and I, we'd spend enough time together. It's like, boy, we need to have somebody else. And, uh, and Morgan, you really picked it up. I, yeah. I, I, you had some really good things to say here today. So uh, I appreciate you being with us. Well, I appreciate you guys having me and, uh, and keeping it brief because I don't think I had really a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Would have added to the conversation a whole lot. All right. Well, we'll be sure to uh, fill up the show notes with some links to some of the things we mentioned and maybe more. And uh, thanks for being with us. Thank you guys for having me. See you, everybody.